small child, he's feeling a bit uneasy, so now he wants to be comforted. At the same time, there is somebody who is probably sick in the house. That person also wants some attention immediately, that person is in pain. So any thinking person, he knows what the priority is, that this child might be making a bigger hue and cry, the child might be shouting louder, but the priority is to attend to the person who is in pain. The priority is to attend to the person who is ill. And the child, once this is sorted out, you give him some attention also. Likewise, a person, there's a situation where it is either that he protects his life or protects his wealth. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from all these kind of situations. But this is like an ongoing situation in the country that we live in. So a person is now confronted with a situation that it is, if he tries to protect his life, then he might have to sacrifice his wealth, let the wealth go. If he tries to protect the wealth, he might put his life on the line. So generally, every person says, well, let that wealth go. Though, actually he is totally entitled to try and defend his wealth. If in the process, man qutila duna malihi fahuwa shaheed. If in trying to protect his wealth, if his life goes, then that too is a type of shahadat. That too is a category of shahadat. But that is a permission, it's not something that's, that's an obligation. It's a permission that if he wishes, he may do that. But this is the general reaction of any person that he looks at the priority. Priority is life. The wealth, it wasn't there initially, it came, Allah Ta'ala blessed the person with that wealth. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will give him again. So, he tries to protect his life. So this is an aspect of priority. For a mu'min, his greatest priority is his iman. Because things that are going to be short-lived, compared to things that will have a longer existence, then if a person is faced with that situation, to save one of the two, he says, look after that which has a longer existence. And that which is going to be short-lived in any case, rather do away with that. So all the things of dunya are very short-lived. If it is somebody's health, then that too is going to be one day gone. He's going to have to leave this dunya. If it is his wealth, he's going to leave it behind. If it is his family, he's going to leave them behind also. So all these things that are pertaining to insan in dunya are short-lived. But his iman, that will carry him through the qabr, through the day of qiyamah, and inshallah will take him straight to jannat, provided that with the iman, there was a'mal as well. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ In the Qur'an Sharif, throughout the Qur'an Sharif, repeatedly, you'll find iman, and with iman, a'mal salihah being mentioned as well. Those who have iman, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they do righteous actions as well. Then the promises of Jannat are mentioned for them. Meaning direct entry into Jannat, this requires both. Without Amal, still there will be, inshallah, eventual entry. Person left with Iman, he'll certainly go to Jannat. But direct entry is not guaranteed on that. 
Allah forbid he might have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. So every person is desirous of this direct entry to Jannat. Nobody wants to try and chance it, try and risk it, that it might just work out, take a chance. In dunya we don't take a chance for when there's a small risk involved. The risk of the azab of akhirat, where can a person take a chance with that? In the hadith sharif it comes that on the day of qiyamah, a person who in dunya had never experienced any comfort, any joy, any happiness in terms of dunya, but he was a righteous person, that didn't deter him from obeying Allah Ta'ala. He recognized dunya as a test. He recognized dunya as a place of imtihan. That this is all a test. So he persevered and he continued and he had hope in Allah Ta'ala and he had the full yaqeen in the reward from Allah Ta'ala for the sabr he's making and eventually life passed. His also time came when he left the dunya. On the day of Qiyamah, such a person who had never experienced any comfort, any joy, any happiness of dunya, he will be taken and merely just dipped in Jannat one moment. In other words, he'll just be given a very brief experience of Jannat for a moment. But that brief experience of Jannat for that one brief moment will have such an effect on him that after he was just so to say dipped in Jannat and taken out, he'll be asked that how did your life in dunya go? He was just given this very momentary experience of Jannat. One second. And he'll then be asked that how did your life in dunya go? Now he's a person who had never experienced any comfort, any peace. He'll take a qasam, meaning he'll forget everything about dunya in such a way. And he'll take a qasam and say by Allah I had never experienced any difficulty in dunya. This effect of one second in Jannat. It will delete, it will erase, it will remove every bit of the memories of whatever happened in dunya. Now that is that which every person is aspiring for to get there directly. And on the other hand, Allah forbid, a person who had every comfort in life, he never experienced any pain, didn't even have a headache in dunya, but he was a disobedient person, he left without iman. First he will be dipped for that one second in Jahannam. And after that one second in Jahannam he will be brought out and asked the same question, how did your life in dunya go? And he will take a qasam and say, by Allah I never experienced any good in dunya. I never experienced any happiness or joy in dunya. That one second in Jahannam will erase everything. So this is how severe Jahannam is, this is how great Jannat is. And this is a Jannat that every person is aspiring to get to directly. He doesn't know chance this. This is too dangerous to try any chances with. So, when this is the end result, now in dunya he has this situation, does he look after or try to enjoy the temporary and the very short-lived enjoyments of dunya and sacrifice that akhirat? Or sacrifice the temporary enjoyments of dunya, but protect the akhirat. Now the person who understands priorities, 
like he understands the difference between his life and wealth, he's prepared to now let that wealth go but protect his life. A mu'min will let his life go but protect his iman. Because in the order of priorities, that life will go eventually. But he can't risk the iman getting affected. He can't risk the amal getting affected. Now this iman and amal that we have to protect at all times and we can't risk it getting affected negatively. This requires sometimes many sacrifices. And there are certain times of the year, there are certain situations that become a very big test for many of us. That now does a person say that everybody seems to be having a grand time, but I must be sitting and just away from everything, having nothing to do, not enjoying anything. No, a mu'min doesn't think in the terms of what others are doing. He thinks in the terms of his iman, his akhirat and dunya. What is the priority? So in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man ahabba dunyahu adarra bi akhiratihi. Man ahabba akhiratahu adarra bi dunya. The one who loves his dunya, meaning he wants to have the things of dunya, despite that this could sometimes make him cross the line of deen, must have it. The enjoyment and fun of dunya, he must have it. If it crosses the line of deen, we'll see later. He wants to have the wealth of dunya, even if it means in a haram way. He wants to have the leisures and pleasures, no matter how many sins he gets involved in. So now this is that hubbe dunya. Man habba dunyahu adarra bi akhirat. He is going to harm his akhirat. It can't happen both ways. That he crosses the line here and doesn't harm the akhirat also. Man ahabba akhiratahu adarra bi dunya. And the one who loves his akhirat, so he's going to make every effort to protect that. That mustn't get affected in any way. He's going to have to compromise his dunya. There are certain things he will have to say, look, I can't be part of it. This is not something that I can take a chance with. Yes, it will be sometimes a sacrifice of some of my desires, my emotions. Fine, let that be. In dunya, there's all aspect of choices. Every day a person is making choices, this or that. This deal or that deal? This transaction or that transaction? This stock or that stock? The whole day there's choices to make this purchase or that purchase. The whole day. So likewise there's a choice between dunya and akhirat. It can't be both. So a person who is interested in protecting his akhirat, he's going to have to compromise his dunya. Nabi Islam then says, فَآثِرُوا مَا يَبْقَى عَلَى مَا يَفْنَى Give preference to that which is everlasting over that which is very, very temporary and perishable, which is going to perish. Now what is among the many things, among the many, many things that are extremely important for the protection of this iman and amal? Two things are of extreme importance. Association, an environment, which are all interlinked. A person's association generally becomes his environment. He can be sometimes in a good environment with bad company. But often, his company becomes his environment as well. A person can be in the masjid, but he's sitting in one corner with some wrong company. And they're sitting and watching something. Allah forbid these things are tragic realities. 
that in the masjid, some youngster got in company with somebody sitting in the corner of the masjid and watching some filth on the phone. So he can be in the good environment in the wrong company. But in principle, these are the two things. They can often be the same thing. Person's company and his environment. And to the extent that he takes care of always being in the right environments and in good company, this will have a direct impact on how he manages to protect his iman and amal. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Al-Mar'u ala deeni khalilihi. Fal-yangur ahadukum mayyukhalil. That a person follows the deen, the way of life of his friend. So beware of who you befriend. Now you get one, there's two people who are now friends. One person is going to be the dominant party. The other person is going to be the dominated one person is going to be that stronger personality. If not dominated or somewhat dominating, so take it the other way. One person has got a stronger personality. The other person is more timid. By and large, it will be that whoever is the stronger personality, the other person will follow how what he does. If, mashallah, he is the right person. Person with the right mindset. Person with the right thinking. He has the right focus in life. Other person will tag along as well. At Azan time, he's only going to go to the masjid. That person will come along with him. Because he's the stronger personality. If that person tries to start suggesting something, he's going to prevail because he has that extra force in him. That person will subdue. And if it's the other way around, the person with the incorrect thinking, the person with the wrong direction, he's the stronger personality. This person, mashallah, has got all the right intentions, he's got all the good thoughts. But when it comes to the crunch of now which direction to go, we're going to the masjid or we're going to go to somewhere else, that person will prevail. Because he wants to go elsewhere, this person is a timid one, he'll follow along. So Nabi Islam is saying, beware of who you befriend. Because if that friend is going to be of negative thinking, he has the wrong direction, and if it turns out he has the stronger personality as well, he is going to take you along. Without a person realizing, he'll be gone. That person will have no inhibitions to just do anything in front of his friend, because he feels very stronger and dominant. He might just take out anything and start smoking. And smoke has its own effect. It, everybody gets caught in the fumes, whoever's in the environment. So this is the one very crucial aspect about the association. Now that association sometimes is formal. Formal in the sense that two people formally become friends. Formally in the sense like properly they now became friends of each other. And now they spend time together. One person is going somewhere, you phone the other one, I'm going, come along. That's one way. The other is this company sometimes becomes just coincidental. Where a person goes, he ends up sitting next to somebody. He's traveling, he's sitting with someone. He is in some hotel somewhere, he's sitting somewhere, he'll be with somebody. Some other will come sit next to him. He's in some kind of public place. Somebody or other will come and accompany him for something. Now, what is that person's mindset? What is that person's thinking? How that person conducts his life? 
some way it's all going to start rubbing off. So Nabi Islam is saying, beware of this. Now, in that a person has to make choices. So this is one choice, the choice of his company. Then the choice of his environment. Sometimes some environments seem to be very fun-filled. But it's very dangerous. For the sake of that fun, a person can put his iman on the line. There is the incident mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, when Nabi Islam says that before Qiyamah, a time will come, when there will be one army that will set out. Yaghzu Jaishul Kaaba. That army will set out from some distant place. The intention will be to come and destroy the Kaaba Sharif. Nauzubillah. So this army will leave with this intention. Yaghzu Jaishul Kaaba. Nabi Islam says, فَإِذَا كَانُوا بِبَيْضَاءَ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ they will eventually, as they're coming along, that's a huge army. They'll be crossing some barren land, open, vacant land, they'll be crossing, going on. As they come past this particular piece of land, Allah's azab will come. يُخْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ Every last one of them will get swallowed into the earth. The azab that will overtake them. Now what often happens, that now there's some, now in those days especially, traveling etc. wasn't such a simple thing, a very very difficult thing, dangerous thing also, can't just go anywhere, you need company, you need, so now what would have happened if there's a big group of people going somewhere, somebody wants to go, he'll join them also, I'll have an easy path. Now an army like this is going, so many people, well, that army also has to eat. They also have needs. So this is a very great opportunity for making some business. So he takes his ways and comes along. It used to be an ongoing thing. People would do this often. So the same thing will happen here. That this army would be going with the intention of Billah destroying the Kaaba Sharif. But many people will see that this whole group of people, this army is going along. I also need to go in that direction. Let me tag along. I'll catch a lift with them. So somebody is catching a lift. Somebody says, well, this is an ideal opportunity to really make a, do a thriving business. So I'll join them. I got all my ways, all whatever I need to sell. So I will do business. That's why I'm joining. I got nothing to do with what their purpose is. The person catching a lift with them, he got no intention of what their intention is. He's just catching a lift. This person is coming for business. Nabi Islam is saying, يُخْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ Every one of them will be destroyed, will be swallowed up into the earth. So this is the question that immediately came in the minds of the Sahaba Ikram. And they asked Nabi Islam, كَيْفَ يُخْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ How come every one of them will be swallowed into the earth? وَفِيهِمْ أَسْوَاقُهُمْ وَمَنْ لَيْسَ مِنْهُمْ Whereas there are some with them who are merely joining them for the sake of their business. They didn't go and join them to do what they are doing, going about. There are others who got nothing to do with their objective. They are just catching a lift with them. Nabi Islam says, no, no, this is what will happen. يُخْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ ثُمَّ يُبْعَثُونَ عَلَى نِيَاتِهِمْ When the azab comes, 
comes, it will engulf every one of them. On the day of Qiyamah, according to what the objectives were, they will be resurrected accordingly. The person whose objective was, Na'uzubillah, to go and destroy the Kaaba Sharif, he'll be resurrected in that situation. And he will be dealt with accordingly. The person who only merely came for the sake of his business or something, maybe he'll get excused. The person who was just catching a lift, he'll get excused. But in dunya, it'll engulf everybody. In dunya, it won't make any distinction. Because all were in that same group. All were in that same environment. All were in the same place. All going together in the same vehicle, so to say. Now, this is the aspect of how dangerous these fun-filled environments can become. Where all these sins are taking place. The disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is happening. And all kinds of haram is taking place. Nudity is the norm. And whatever other fitna is taking place there. Now a person says, but that's not my intention. I'm not going there for the sake of the fitna that is there. Or I'm not going there for the sake of uh, getting involved in any haram. I'm just going there to enjoy the scenery. I didn't go to the casino to gamble. There's a very nice garden outside there. I went to see the garden. So the issue is that that environment, that area, that place, the people that are gathered there, all that is going in a negative mode. All that is headed in the direction of destruction. Now a person comes without that intention too, but he's, he's climbing the same bus. The bus that is hurtling down the hill. He also now wants to just see the scenery through that bus. When that bus crashes, he's going to crash with it. It's just Allah Ta'ala's clemency, Allah Ta'ala's tolerance that things don't happen in one moment, Allah Ta'ala gives respite. But if a person persists, then this becomes a very dangerous situation. Let alone the environment where something is happening on the spot, at that moment in time. Even those environments where sin took place, even those environments don't become safe entirely from a person getting affected negatively. The effects of what happened sometime ago, that too still lingers. When Nabi Sallallahu on, on his way to Tabuk, so he happened to pass by the ruins of Samud, the people of Samud who were destroyed. Nation. Now that azab had come upon them and destroyed them completely. And there was nobody living there anymore. It was just a deserted place. Ruins of their homes were still around there. There were some wells because people used to travel through this area. So they would now come and use the water from the wells. So the wells were active. But nobody was living there. It was a deserted place. So in any case, Nabi Islam is away to Tabuk and en route, he had to pass through this. This is the only road. So some, some Sahaba were way ahead. And the situation used to be that wherever water is available, that's the most precious commodity. You fill up your containers, you use the water as soon as you find it. So some already reached before Nabi Islam. So they went and took the water from the wells. Some of them already used their water to make their dough for the bread. 
for their roti. Some already filled their containers. By that time, the Vislausum was approaching. As he's approaching, somebody comes and informs him that, look, some have already reached before you, and this is what we've already, some have used the water to make their dough, to now make their roti, their bread. Some have filled their containers. Nabi Sallallahu immediately gives the instruction that look, all this water that you have filled up in your containers, throw it away. All this water that was used to knead that dough and make that dough, flour was already needed to make that dough, discard that as well. Just feed it off to the animals if you wish. Meaning don't use anything from this area. Forget don't use anything from this area. Nabi Islam is now saying to them, لَا تَدْخُلُوا مَسَاكِنَ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ إِلَّا أَن تَكُونُوا بَاكِينَ That look, this is a place where people had oppressed themselves. Oppressed themselves to such a point that the azab of Allah Ta'ala came. So don't enter such a place, إِلَّا أَن تَكُونُوا بَاكِينَ Meaning if you have to, you have no choice. You just got no option but to go past here. Like a person has got no option but to go through a mall. Just because now his work is in there, whatever. He's got no option but to go there because perhaps there's some necessary work to do there. Not for a casual walk around. So now his heart will be in a state of fear. Because the fitna is sometimes so intense in these places that out of necessity, sheer necessity that he's going to, he can't be still safe from the effects of the fitna. So Nabi Islam is saying, don't go through this place where the people had oppressed themselves, illa an takunu bakin, except that you are crying. And why you should be so afraid? Antusibakum misluma asabahum. Out of fear that that azab which came upon them mustn't befall you in this place also. Whereas that something happened long time. Centuries have passed. Nabi Islam saying, look, this is such a dangerous place. Because people in this place had oppressed themselves to such a point that the azab of Allah Ta'ala came also. Now this is the effect of that which was done centuries ago. But yet the effects were lingering in the environment. And then Nabi Islam being the masum Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. What does he do? Thumma khammara wajhahu biridahi wa asra'a sayr then Nabi Wasallam, he covered his head. He covered his head with his shawl, meaning he doesn't want to see what's going on here. Unfortunately, many places which are places of azab, one is places of sin, that too is bad. But places of azab, where azab has come, people make that a tourist destination. To go and see what's there. People go to the Dead Sea. Place of Azab. Sometimes we call them natural disasters. But it's something to fear that this was a... It's a test for some... It's a form of an Azab. The floods came as an Azab to the people of Nuh Now it is a disaster in the sense of a flood. It's not a sightseeing space. To go and now just be... Like onlookers, what happened here? Sightseeing. No, it's a place to be afraid. So people unfortunately make these destinations of 
tourism. Whereas Nabi Islam is right there. He has to pass. There is no option. There is, he's there out of sheer need in order to get the, pass the road. But he doesn't want to see what's here. So he covers his head. And he quickens the pace of the animal he's riding. Because he wants to be here for the bare minimum time that it takes to pass from here. Not to spend half a second more than the necessity. Hatta jaz al and in this way he moved out of that place. Now, Nabi Islam is the masum Nabi of Allah wa Taala. He is protected by Allah Taala in every sense, in every way, and no effects could have affected him in any way. But yet the extent of precaution he is taking, the extent of precaution he is taking, because the closer a person is to Allah Taala, the more afraid he is. And then at the same time, this is the talim for the ummah. This is actually the lesson for the ummah. That the person who has this priority in front of him, that his iman is the most important thing. His amal cannot be compromised. So now he might have to make these sacrifices. He's ready for it. That now everybody seems to be going in one direction. It's a, that time of the year, everybody is enjoying life. And in that enjoying life, then it becomes holiday from deen also, holiday from salah, holiday from so many things. But the end result, Allah Ta'ala forbid and save us, one is the very, very apparent azab. Allah Ta'ala protects us, protects us from that as well. Apparent azab comes in what we call all these forms of natural disasters. So that is also sometimes in the form of an azab. Sometimes the azab, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us is very subtle. It's subtle in the sense it attacks directly the heart of the person. Outwardly everything seems very fine. But the heart got turned. In one hadith sharif, it's a lengthy hadith sharif, but just the one part of it, Nabi Wasallam describes the heart of a person who allows the fitnas to keep attacking it. The fitnas keep attacking it in the sense that any haram desire came, he went for it. He was attracted towards looking at some haram, he's looking at it. Listening to some haram, he's listening to it. Speak anything, he's speaking it. Go anywhere, he's going. Now, each time that is affecting the heart, that is attacking the heart. Finally, Nabi Islam says that that heart which keeps accepting these fitnas, eventually what happens that heart turns upside down. The spiritual heart turns upside down. Kalkuzi mujakhiyan. It's actually a figurative thing. Like a, the example Nabi Islam gives, like a cup that has been turned upside down. A cup that has been turned upside down, forget pour a jug of water on it, you can pour the Niagara Falls on it also. But as long as it's still left upside down, if it's not going to be first an effort be made to turn it right side up, then the whole Niagara Falls can be poured from the top also, not one drop will go inside. It will still be just as dry. So Nabi Islam is saying this heart gets turned upside down. Kalkuzi mujakhiyan. La ya'arifu ma'rufa wa la yunkiru munkara illa ma ushriba min hawa. It neither can recognize any good. The good has no attraction for that heart anymore. And neither does it reject any evil. Any and every evil is ready to take it. 
the only aspect that this heart is interested in is fulfilling its desires. Whatever desire comes, there must be no barrier and no restriction in fulfilling that desire. That's all. But the end result of that, later on akhirat, it destroys the person's dunya also. It destroys his life, destroys his family, destroys his marriage, destroys his business, destroys everything. It takes a person down to the gutters. But in that state of his, he can't seem to understand anything. Illa ma ushriba min hawa. Many a times, a person has gone into these kind of environments, music, intermingling, nudity, and all kinds of things. You know, I went to buy something. I just went there for some shopping. Now, that whole environment has been created for this fitna. But he can't stay away from it. But many a person, he says, but that couple of times in this kind of environment, all that zikr, tasbihat, mamulat, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, everything is gone, my namaz with jamaat is gone, I should eat two paras a day, I can't eat quarter para anymore. I don't know what happened. Don't know what happened, this is that silent azab that hit directly on the heart. That a person, this is the telltale sign, that a person's amal got affected. The righteousness that he was inclined to is suddenly gone. The motivation that he had for deen is suddenly all flat. That is the effect of all these environments. Now, this is a person who has his priorities in front of him. His iman, his amal, these are these highermost priorities. Nothing must affect this. Together with protecting his iman and amal, yes, deen has given us sufficient space for a person to take a, some relax a while, take a rest. In fact, we have been taught moderation in this. Once three sahaba came to the house of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and inquired from Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, that what about the ma'amulat, the ibadat etc. of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at home? So she explained, part of the night in ibadat, part of the night he sleeps, he gives time to his wives, he has all, he helps out with household chores. Now when they heard this, they were trying to think that what a Nabi would probably do in his house. Now they thinking from their minds. And they thought perhaps from the time he enters his house till the time he leaves, he is only performing ibadat. Now when they heard this, كَأَنَّهُمْ تَقَالُّهَا Hadith of Bukhari Sharif. As if they thought that this was something a little less. Meaning from the position of a Nabi, they expected more. But they were sahaba, they wouldn't think of it in a negative tone. They thought of it, again rethought it, that well, Nabi Wasallam, if he is not spending the whole night in ibadat, after all, he is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, he is masum and sinless. He doesn't even need it. We need it. We are sinful people. So one person decided from that group of three, as of today, I am not going to sleep one wink. The whole night I am going to make ibadat. Other person decided, as of today, I'm not going to make iftar one day, meaning I'll fast every day. Not one day will go without fasting. The third person said, I'm no more going to, I have decided I won't be getting married now. My life I will spend single so I can devote my entire life to ibadat. Otherwise, every day now I worry about all the various things that come along, what to take and what to bring, and at the same time, what to hear. So, all these things now, I get into all this... I can devote my time. So they made this kind of muzakara and this kind of decision. 
Nabi Salaam got to hear of it. He came personally. He came to look for them. That this was a thing of such importance that people are thinking in this manner. Nabi Salaam came. Did you people say this? So they said yes. We thought that this is something we definitely need. So one person said, I'm not going to sleep anymore. One person said, I'll keep fasting every day. One person, I'm not going to get married. Nabi Islam said, no, that's not my way. My way is, I make ibadat also, I sleep also. I fast some days, I do not fast some days. The nafil fast. I'm married also. And I fulfill all the responsibilities of marriage as well. فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي The one who does not, he turns his back away onto my path, he is not part of me. Meaning there is moderation in everything. There is a person's rights, there is the rights of his wife as well. There is the rights of his children also. There is the right of his body as well, for some rest. There is the right of his mind to relax. That mind to relax, Nabi Salaam didn't need it. But for the sake of the Sahaba, for the sake of the Azwaj Mutaharat, he would spend time joking with them, having some light-hearted moments with them, because this gives a kind of relaxation to the mind. But all this within the limits of Shariat and Deen. And all these relaxations, all this is the salt in the food that gives the flavor to it. So it's needed, but in a whole pot of food, how much salt? So now the food is one whole day of food, there's perhaps one cup full of salt in it. But unfortunately what the situation has become nowadays, that in a small little cup full of food, we want to put a dig full of salt in it. That that becomes the object of life. That all the time there must be this entertainment, chasing of fun, and either making money to enjoy life, or enjoying it. One of the two. So that takes the person off the cause that he is here in dunya for. Allah Ta'ala gave us this chance in life to make our akhirat. Ad-dunya mazra'atul akhirat. This life in this world, this is the planting field of the akhirat. What a person plants here, he will reap in the hereafter. This is a very, very small temporary phase we are in. Today we are here and Allah knows best whether tomorrow we will see or not. But this is an opportunity Allah Ta'ala gave us to make the everlasting life of the akhirat. In this process, there are these little situations that come about as a test, as some little challenge, which we need to make those sacrifices, keep ourselves far away from the environments that will affect our iman, affect our amal. In this way, we will get closer to Allah Ta'ala, that mujahada takes a person very, very far ahead, and the barakat of that will come in dunya also. The real place to see the reward of that is the akhirat. May Allah give us all the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين